We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Underage Packers podcast. This is now episode 87. We appreciate you tuning in, like always, for another great chat me and Big B will have, undoubtedly, about the Green Bay Packers as they get ready to face the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. We have a great episode ahead for you. We wanted to talk a little bit about the news that broke later in the week, and then uh, we'll play you a little or a, quite a long interview, great talk we had with um, Wisconsin news reporter, Green Bay news reporter, M.K. Burgess. I know she's for some channel. I'm not going to guess whether it's WFRV or WBA. Why? It does, I, I think she's WFRV. I don't want to misrepresentation yeah. shout her out. But uh, we had a great chat with her. The Big B, welcome to the show. How you feeling? Yeah. Well, um, I was feeling pretty well, but you know, things happen that mm-hmm. revolve around the Green Bay Packers that sure uh, we have to talk about. So fun. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think not a lot of people have been talking about that I really wanted to hit on today is that um, Aaron Rodgers has COVID. Did you, I, I'm not sure if you heard about this, Big B, but what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really unfortunate, but uh, Twitter has you know been quiet the past few days. Everybody has kind of kept their opinions under wraps um, about it. And but yeah, Aaron Rodgers has COVID and will not be playing against Kansas City this week. Man, I thought we were talking about Dean Lowry missing one practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, a, I mean, yeah, that's. That's sad enough. Dean Lowry being limited and not yeah. practicing earlier in the week, but you know Aaron Rodgers having COVID being is second on this list. Not as important, not as worrying as Dean Lowry not practicing being injured, but it's still a big deal, you know. Yeah, that that is pretty big deal. Yeah, uh, and we're not going to get into the whole vaccine mess going on right now. Oh God! Don't I don't even want to? Yeah, no. No, 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 no. We we just go on Twitter if you want to talk about that nonsense because it's all over and it's stupid and right. Not getting into it. All right, moving on. Yep. Okay. I I even have like some thoughts that I could portray as neutral, trying to calm everybody down, but I I don't even want to even dip my feet in not even dip yeah. the cuticles of my fingernail or toenails into that you know <laughs> so smart 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 but what we will be talking about aaron Rodgers uh being yep. out with this week regardless of what you think about the nfl's covid rules whatever regardless of what you think about covid in general aaron Rodgers will not be playing this week that is just the facts of the situation and this is obviously really disappointing but the Packers, luckily enough, Aaron Rodgers moves out of the way, the reigning MVP. Obviously, it's a big deal. But then here comes Jordan Love, 
emerging out of the shadows. I don't know if he got his funky haircut fixed or not since training camp, but he comes emerging out of the shadows like, oh, hello there. I know I, I haven't played in a professional football game in over a year and a half, but I'm a really talented player, really talented than most backups in the league, and I am eager to get my chance against a really bad defense in the Kansas City Chiefs and get to the chance, the great opportunity to possibly beat Patrick Mahomes in my first start. Holy crap. Like, guys, I don't think you understand. And I'm Joey, by the way. I just realized I, I never mentioned that at any point in this episode. I'm Joey, <laughs> too, you know. Uh, you know, but Jordan Love, this is a really interesting situation for him because it's not like Aaron Rodgers went down early, early in the week. This was six days after the Packers played their last game. And obviously it's a little bit different because they played on Thursday and now they're getting ready to play on Sunday. But mm-hmm. just a few days before they're getting ready to play Kansas City uh, at, on the road, Jordan Love has to learn I, the game plan. His teammates got to get on the same page as him. And this is going to be a great big test. And honestly, I think the reaction that I'm seeing from a lot of fans on Twitter is last week when we found out Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard was going to be out, Marquez Valdez-Scanling wasn't going to be activated off of IR. Uh, People thought we were doomed because they were the big, scary Arizona Cardinals. But now this week, Aaron Rodgers literally goes down and people are like, well, maybe they can do it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much and, uh, yeah and i don't know if it's a natural optimism in me but with these kind of situations i always tend to like the first hour i'm trying to grieve trying to kind of process in my mind but then an hour after i'm just like all right if that's the case let's go do it let's go find a way to win this game and well, that's the mindset that Matt Fleur and the rest of the Green Bay Packers have to have, especially Jordan Love. I'm going to be starting this week. Okay, guess I'll go. I'll be starting this week. You know, yeah. So, Big B, let, let me get a temperature check on you. What are you thinking about the Packers' chances against the Kansas City Chiefs? All right. Well, once I heard the news, I'm like, well, all right. Well, this is not good. But then I regrouped and I thought. You know, I have a very good feeling about this, and I feel like we can go into Kansas City and get a big win against a very talented football team. Maybe not yep. the defense, but the offense at least is talented. Um, yeah, just like last week, I have a weird feeling about this week that we can get a win. Right, and I feel like this game we will look back on in January. This two-game, this really three-game stretch from Arizona to Seattle and especially depends on what Aaron Rodgers' status is looking like next week at this time. But this uh, this three-game stretch here, I think we'll look back on and either say, okay, at this point, they went through a lot of adversity, proved a lot of people wrong, just barely crawled out of games that they probably shouldn't have won. And they were able to, after that point, just run away with possibly the first seed in the NFC, definitely – winning the NFC North um, or if they don't go 
if they end up not winning these next two games uh, and not being able to hold out against Kansas City, we'll look at this and say, hmm, this is kind of the part where they started to struggle just a teensy bit. And therefore, they have the third or the fourth seed in the NFC. I still think they're going to win the NFC North. Either way, I think this is a pivotal testing point for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, they've had to deal with so many gosh darn injuries these past few weeks. And now the biggest one of all to their starting quarterback. And like you mentioned, Big B, there, there is just a weird feeling about this week that they, they can do with this. And, yeah, you know, the like you mentioned, the Chiefs are a talented team. Maybe not on the defense, and man, that that's 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 really common knowledge. I'm pretty sure, you know, if you had a really honest conversation with a Chiefs player, like if you sat every Chiefs defensive player down, sat every Chiefs coach down, and you asked them, okay, I will not put this out anywhere. Uh, I won't tell anybody. Do you think you are a good defense? Some coaches might try to give you some coach talk. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think there's areas we can improve. But with the guys we have, I think we're doing good. But then I think a majority of them will be like, oh, yeah, we can't even stop a nosebleed. And Aaron Jones, though, God bless Aaron Jones. In his press conference this week, he said, oh, yeah, the, the Chiefs defense is really good. This man said this with a straight face. He I didn't start Jones. laughing. Man. I mean, just what a nice guy. I, may, I know. Maybe he wasn't paying enough, uh, enough attention in film study or whatnot. But <laughs> don't let Aaron Jones fool you, man. The Chiefs defense yeah. is not good. And this is a perfect situation for Jordan Love to now have Devontae Adams. Uh, I like the point you uh, made on Twitter earlier today that obviously having Devontae Adams back to the team at the whole another level, whatnot, he's a great wide receiver. And even if Aaron Rodgers is back, that'd be great. But especially now with Jordan Love, for him mm-hmm. to be throwing it to Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Stanley, and Alan Lazard, compared to the wide receiver core Aaron Rodgers had to throw to last week of Tawana Winfrey, Malik Taylor, and then a handful of other guys, EQ. That is going to be a big difference and a really different way for how the Packers can attack this game plan against Kansas City. For Jordan, he's obviously going to have to be competent, can't throw the ball away, he has to be accurate. But I'd expect them like do a lot of things where he doesn't have to make a hero throw. Uh, he doesn't have to make a spectacular throw every play. They aren't going for the 20-yard bomb every play, but – he can just throw it to Devontae Adams five yards off the line of scrimmage and then just let Devontae run. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be the key for Jordan Love to buy into the game plan. And maybe that's not phrasing it right, but staying patient because one of his biggest problems at Utah State that led him to have so many interceptions in his senior year was, uh, him or maybe it was his junior whatever his last year Utah State 17 interceptions something like that somewhere in the high teens is kind of Mitch Trubisky type throws where he's just trying to force it 
He's not making a good decision. He's throwing it off platform. He's, you know, not buying into the fundamentals, you know, struggling mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers. And he has some problems with ball accuracy. Uh, that was also a factor in it. But Jordan Love is going to have to stay patient in the pocket. He's got some legs. He's a little bit mobile. But staying patient in the pocket, trusting what he sees, and not playing like me and Madden going to be a key for Jordan Love. Uh, and then also, I want to let you speak Big B on Jordan Love too, but the biggest thing for the Packers and allowing Jordan Love to do said things and being patient is stopping Chris Jones from absolutely ruining everything. Yeah. Because if Chris Jones starts getting hot, not only can the main focus of what the Packers game plan will probably be of running the ball a lot. Chris Jones gets going and shuts down that instantly and forces Jordan Love to win the game and outscore the Chiefs offense with Patrick Mahomes. The Packers chances aren't looking too good. So, and obviously if Chris Jones getting pressure on Jordan Love, he cannot stay in that patient mindset. Um, but Big B, what are you what are you thinking? Add some thoughts here on Jordan Love's performance and overall what the Packers game plan might be. Jeez, he hasn't even played a snap. I don't know how I can talk about his performance. Right. <laughs> a couple of days away. But yeah, I think the I think the overall game plan should be just a bunch of like screen passes, quick throws, just simple reads to get him like more confidence and just simple reads just to get him. Yep moving get the offense flowing and having it go having the offense go down the field but a big part will be definitely be in the running game with AJ Dillon Aaron Jones and Jordan Love's just gonna have like you said buy buy into the offensive game plan stay patient and just not throw the ball one million miles down the field overthrow everybody like Justin Fields has been doing just Jesus yeah yeah. like just, just be like a game manager, pretty much. Uh, pretty much, yeah. That's all, that's all he has to do. Right, and like you've said, those screens, like we both hit on those screens, quick passes are going to be key, but I think it will be really exciting to watch is if they can eventually draw the Chiefs' defenses, defense in, have their safeties go up more to prevent those quick passes, and then all of a sudden, Jordan Love, who has a cannon, he's got a cannon if he uses it, yes, right? Yes, he does. All of a sudden, you got MVS streaking down that sideline first game back. I need it. I need it. a bomb MVS touchdown from Jordan Love. I need it. I need it. I need it. Yes. Please give it to Absolutely. me. Please. Dude, when Jordan Love makes an absolute bomb of an play, you know, I'm tearing up right now just thinking about it. It's definitely not <laughs> these insanely bright lights on my eyes. But, like, yeah, same. I will literally be screaming my head off and you can count. You can count on our next episode or recap episode of the chiefs game. Whenever that happens, we will be yelling. You were wrong. Okay. I just want to put that out there. Just a little warning. Yep. yep. I am so excited for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Absolutely. It's I like, obviously we want Aaron Rodgers, but 
we did not yeah. expect to get a, a good look at Jordan Love in this game. All the pressure, all the, the eyes are on him. And uh, he's got a, a great test for him this week. And just like a lot of people have been pointing to on Twitter this week, and the first thing that came to my mind was Aaron Rodgers' 2007 game against the Dallas Cowboys uh, during like third or fourth quarter. Brett Favre went out with uh, some type of injury. And Aaron Rodgers, he didn't win the game for Green Bay, but he played really well. And that's when a lot of people had a, got a lot more faith in him. And I, look, I see a lot of people this week talking, if Jordan Love does Good or bad, that will ultimately affect the Packers' decision after this. And I th- really, I think the Packers have already made up their mind on what they want to do. Unless Aaron Rodgers changes his mind, which there are some things in this press conferences that you can point to that maybe make you raise your eyebrows and possibly considering that he's reconsidering, but. You know, the Packers have their plan. They, regardless of how he does in his first NFL start with a lot of pressure, and this is kind of contradictory of what I was just saying on your wrong, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of overreactions of Jordan Love's performance either way. But the Packers know what they have on him. They've seen him every day at practice. And unless he goes out there, throws a Nathan Peterman out, I, I don't think it changes their plan. And even if it does and they're suddenly clinging on to Aaron a lot more, Aaron still has full audacity, full right to say no. Mm-hmm. So don't get too caught up in the tryout ex- aspect for Jordan Love for the Packers side of things and the realistic side of things. But get excited about Jordan Love. Get excited this Sunday to get just kind of a a little binocular uh, look into the, the future. Yes. I think that's all I have to say here about Jordan Love now, Aaron Rodgers being out. Uh, you know, best case scenario for Aaron would be him obviously getting back in the building. The earliest that would happen would be Friday or Saturday before the Seahawks game. And for me, really, the concern, obviously, there's a factor of, uh, you know, he's not practicing all week. He's not in meetings with the game plan. He'd be virtually there. But the biggest thing for me would be is that, like, if how even after he tests negative, how COVID could still be affecting his body. You know, we all know this if this disease affects variously pe- people very different like uh for me i was when i had it back in december i was in my bed for like three straight days and i was wiped out but joe barry just said today uh returning for the building that he just had the sniffles so you know we'll have to see uh how aaron Rodgers responds to it if he's just absolutely bedridden and completely wiped out for the next 10 days or if you know he's doing fine right now asymptomatic and uh he's ready to go out there next sunday and throw it out against uh seattle big b any final thoughts before we uh we throw it to our interview with mk burgess 
Yes, I actually do. Um, okay, let's hear it. For, for the first time, and I think about like five months, I actually listened to Aaron Nagler on Drew and KB this morning. <laughs> and don't laugh, okay? I did. I did. Not, I don't up. have time to do that. That's that's hilarious. Like you're making a declaration. It's like, what is he about to say? Like, go on. <laughs> yes, and Nagler pointed this out. Now I'm focusing on the um beginning where he said he's whatever he said. He starts with an I. I forgot already. I'm brain dead. In his eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. In that first press conference, Nagler said he probably didn't want to cause more drama than there already was because, you know, he's just coming back after that long stay um, away from the team this offseason. And he just said that. So, you know, no more drama in the building. There's no more drama added on to everything that else has happened. And it just ended up being a bad PR move by Aaron now once it's all coming back and biting him in the ass. Right. really and it's ended up being a bad look for yeah green bay and Aaron. there was a whole lot of other drama to that and yeah i don't want to exactly speculate on not what he meant but kind of his purpose in that because there's people yeah saying oh well he's just a calculated uh deceitful liar who's trying to kill all of his teammates, you know? So <laughs> I like people are getting a lot of caught up in this, but yeah, I, I think that is a good point, you know? Yeah. That uh, that's like the only thing that makes sense. Like out of everything I've seen, that's like the only thing that really makes sense. And it just comes from Aaron Nagler, you know? Right. Not, not cause I'm fanboying over Nagler or anything. Not like I'm dressed up from Halloween or anything. <laughs> But, you know, just a smart point, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to, to see how all, how all of this plays out. Uh, with that being said, let's head to our interview with uh, WFRB's M.K. Burgess. We're now here with M.K. Burgess of WFRV. You've probably seen her on your TV screen before, giving you her nightly rundown of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we talked with her back in January. Uh, before the Packers played, was it? Uh, I think it was uh, during the bye week. Packers during the had. bye week. Yeah, the so. bye week. It was like the mini bye before the seat before the playoffs started. Right, and yep. uh, then the week following that, we 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 broke broke some rules there because we had Peter Bukowski and Andy Herman on in the same episode. Like, whoa, that's some <laughs> intersecting beef going on. But we we had to we had to keep them on separate interviews we we were considering you know all one zoom room which would be cool you know for smart people or two smart people uh uh, us obviously uh and then those guys but anyways mk uh thanks thanks for uh coming back on yeah i enjoy y'all's podcast uh it is probably one of the highlights of my week and i'm just gonna say right now y'all may have won on the packers beat i think you guys won halloween (laughs) um it was absolutely phenomenal um big b that mustache man was a thing of beauty yeah i mean i i don't know where he found the nagler mustache at spirit halloween but every time and like i'm not the only one apparently because every time i'm just glancing at my twitter timeline scrolling up or like whenever it shows update you got a new tweet from 
then it shows the profile picture at like just a second's glance. I'm like, wait, why is Nagler saying this? This is just a very out of Nagler's vocabulary vocabulary take here. And allow oh, it's it's Big B. That was my <laughs> goal too. So that's that's perfect. You, you killed it, but crushed it. Absolutely slid. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about uh, David Bakhtiari possibly coming back against the Chiefs in this week. Uh, and then we're just about halfway through the season, believe it or not. So we'll be giving some midseason awards. And uh, then we'll be talking about the Chiefs. Hopefully, MK says she brought her, her staff book, her notebook on Kansas City. So hopefully she's able to, to give us some uh, fun notes here. Even though Matt LaFleur says stats are for losers, I do try and have to pay attention <laughs> to them just a, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of important to the job. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's 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 start off with uh, today. Speaking of the devil, Matt Fleury talked about David Bakhtiari uh, being back at practice these past few weeks, and coach says they have made a decision on Bakhtiari uh, whether he will play in this week's game against Kansas City. Uh, they have to activate him uh, this upcoming week, but he, that does not mean he has to play. Obviously. If they mm-hmm. feel he's not ready to play, but MK, you've you've been uh, intending practices, I'm sure. So, give us kind of a. I know you can't tell too much. You're not a, a doctor. I don't think so. No, obviously. I'm not a doctor. I have no medical knowledge whatsoever, and we're only there for like five to ten minutes at practice every day. Mm. Um, so, just from being there, you can tell, and you could especially tell in this in this past game the level of play that the offensive line has just elevated themselves to just by having that guy back on the field practicing Mm. is astounding to when he was just kind of rehabbing on his own. And I asked Matt LaFleur about this the first day that Bakhtiari was back practicing. I said, whether or not he plays this week or not, what does it do for the team to have one of your leaders back? And he was like, it gives everybody a shot in the arm and he's 100% correct. Um, It'll be interesting to see, obviously, you know, they have to activate him this week uh, in order for him to play at all this season. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if he plays in this game or if they wait and save him for the Seahawks game at home. But that offensive line held up really, really well against Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones in Arizona to the point where you didn't even hear their names at all. Sure. The entire game. There was no mention of any of that front, which is all that Rogers and LaFleur had talked about being super dangerous with the Arizona defense. And they were non-existent. And because that line held up so well, you got that run game going, which is the bread and butter of that Packers offense. If you can get Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon going, then it opens up everything else, which is why they were able to hit Jawan Winfrey as the leading receiver in that game, which is still mind boggling. Um, and I just, David Bakhtiari just adds another level of, of standard and having him on the field, having him be able to show, you know, other players, younger players like Josh Nyman, like physically being able to show them now that he is up and, and more healthy, I think just elevates the level of play for all of them. Uh, I have no clue if he will play uh, or not this this Sunday. I'm guessing it will, you know, be a week to week thing. If he's activated, 
again, I don't know. They, I mean, they could not activate him and he could be done for the season, but I, I mean, every, everything is trending to him probably being activated, but again, do not take my word for that. I am not a medical professional. I have no idea how long it takes for ACLs to get back healthy, especially for an offensive lineman. Um, but just seeing him back on the field, you can tell that everyone is just so they feel a sense of relief because one of their leaders is there. And Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers just said, there's a level of comfortability for both of them when he's on the field, because they know nothing's getting through on the left side when he's on the field. Yeah. I think a lot of what you said there, um, it really speaks to how well the offensive line has been playing without David. And like you said, them just having them on the practice field back more involved in team meetings, whatever, um, hopefully provides them with even more. But what this group has been able to do compared to uh, our mindset or perception of the Packers offensive line without David Bakhtiari um, from December 31st to now, it's quite a difference because we were thinking uh, uh, against the Bears the last week, the first game they had to do without Bakhtiari, they moved over uh, Billy Turner to left tackle. They had still had Rick Wagner, and they moved him to right tackle to replace Billy. Um, but they didn't have a lot of key pieces that they have now. Um, they didn't know exactly who worked best where because they had so little time to work out these different uh, pieces. Um, and now you add, um, before Josh Myers went down, you had two new rookies in there. You have Lucas Patrick uh, getting some more opportunities. Uh, John Runyon as well. Uh, so that's really exciting to see. And Big B are, and Yash Nyman, like you mentioned, MK, uh, undrafted rookie who's been on the practice squad. They've been satching him for years now. He goes out there against the 49ers, the uh, Steelers, and just absolutely kills it. So Big B, are you thinking, obviously the Packers offense line has played great, but do you think it's a possibility the Packers will be overtly cautious with Bakhtiari because – they don't have to be – there's no reason for them not to be conservative with his injury because of how well this offensive line has been playing. Um, I could definitely see that um, happening. I think they are going to try to get him back out as soon and safely as possible. Um, yeah. Um, sure. I would agree with that. No, I would 100% agree with Big B. Um, I think – Yes, the offensive line has played really well, but the minute you can get your all pro and pro bowl left tackle back out there, you're going to put him back out there. It's just whether or not his knee is healthy enough. And the interesting thing that I loved that Matt LaFleur kept saying is there's a confidence factor. And David Bakhtiari had mentioned this when he first got injured. He was like, I had to like mentally like come to terms with it this is the first real injury that that man has had. So it's probably a little bit of a mental thing where you're like, okay, now I go back out there. How do I not do the same injury now that I just spent, you know, almost a year rehabbing it to get back out there. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see when they activate him or not. Uh, I'll be intrigued to see what games they do. Or if, I mean, I would be very shocked if they don't take him off of pup. Um, yeah. But I would not be surprised if they take him off a of pup and then don't play him for still a couple more games just to continue to get him that practice rep because rehabbing your knee is completely different than having practice reps with the ones at like 
you know, half or close to game speed. Right. Um, because he missed training camp, he missed OTAs. He's missed, you know, the first six weeks of the season where he's not had any of that repetition and repertoire to get ready for it. Not to say that that man probably hasn't been like, I don't know, practicing in his backyard here in Green Bay. Um, but I'm not saying that man isn't physically ready. He's probably insanely physically ready. Adam Stenovich said the other day before he uh, started practicing, he was like, I I don't really tell Dave what to do. He kind of tells me what he's doing. And I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. So he goes, he's on his own schedule. Um, But I I, I agree with Big B. I think the minute that they can, the quickest way they can get him out there, but they feel 100% confident that he is not in any danger of re-injuring anything is when he'll take the field. For sure. And it's kind of unfortunate for the Packers because the they had a really long stretch through these first nine weeks or first eight weeks of really tough defensive linemen. Uh, uh, 49ers, Steelers, Bears, uh, a lot. Washington uh, football team. Yeah, Washington, Cincinnati. Like It seems like week in and week out, they had a really tough offensive line or defensive line to face. Uh, and then this upcoming week, they have the Chiefs, who notoriously uh, this past year and really the past two years as well, their defense is not too good. Um, it's subpar. They, yeah, they, they do still have uh, Chris Jones, though, on that defense line, who's an absolute game wrecker. They uh, do, and they have Tyron, uh, Tyron Matthew. Sure. So who's, who's crazy, crazy good. A lot um, of playmakers still, though, for the Kansas City. Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are interesting, right, because – uh, you would think it, it wouldn't matter what your defense was doing because Patrick Mahomes would just be able to like, you know, as he said, chuck it down the field, Tyreek's down there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't, their offense doesn't look great. I mean, I was looking it over today. Their offense has turned over the ball 17 times this season. Whoa. They are dead last in the league. Uh, the defense only has seven turnovers. They are 28th in the league in both points and yards allowed. Um, which means it should be a huge day for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And if you, and I mean, you just get on Lazard off the COVID list, you know, you're probably going to have Devonte back Thursday. Like they should be able to carve that up. But if the chiefs win tonight, which they should mm-hmm. because it's the giants, <laughs> but who knows? Um, then they're going to come in at four and four. And if they think they can get a win at home over, you know, the top team in the NFC, then they're going to feel like that their, their season is on a better trajectory. Right. So the Packers that's in Arrowhead is just going to be a very interesting game. I don't care how off Patrick Mahomes looks that defense, while it may be subpar, like, the Packers just need to, I mean, and I don't, I don't think they will, but like, this is one of those, like the, that Rogers says trap. the media likes to call a trap game, mm-hmm. but it's not a trap game. Just because the defense hasn't been great. Doesn't mean they still can't like blow up your entire game plan. So I'll be very intrigued to see what they end up doing. I, I would be guessing the Packers will probably run the ball, just <laughs> run it. I would just them. run. I would just run the ball. I would give it to AJ Dillon and and Aaron Jones and I would just I would just pound the rock that's what I would do the entire game just because with I mean uh, yeah I don't know that's what I would do right yeah and I was very pleased to see this past week against Arizona them finally stick to simple like you said run the ball because 
uh, us, us two, and so many other Packers fans had so many, not complaints, but just so many times where it made sense, so many situations, teams that they were going against for the Packers to just simply run the ball, and they just did not do that. But it took their top three wide receivers being out against the only undefeated team in the league, Arizona, for them to go ahead and run the ball. Uh when when Arizona did not have the best run defense, and that was proved uh, this past Thursday, and like you said, there's that's really where the Packers' offense has to attack the Chiefs' defense, which hasn't been performing too well. Um, and then, yeah, for the Chiefs' offense, for the on that side of things, uh, like you said, um, their offense is still struggling, and Patrick Mahomes can only do so much. And as we learned back in 2011, Green Bay Packers, uh, they you can score, put as many points on the board. They were able to have plenty of success in the regular season, but when they had to actually rely on their defense to do anything uh, and actually had to find a running back that didn't go too well, and now the Chiefs are uh, facing those problems uh, this year in the regular season. I'm very intrigued. What are, what is your guys' take on Patrick Mahomes? Because everyone's freaking out like he's broken. I mean, the man's thrown 18 touchdowns, but he's also got nine interceptions. Yeah. I'm look, I think uh, he's always, cause there's the, the highlight film that was going on Twitter last year during the whole, when the MVP debate was very heated of, throws from Patrick Mahomes that should have been interceptions, but for some reason or another, a cornerback dropped it or a cornerback was being stupid, whatever. So I I think it's kind of a mix of him trying to make too many things happen on Mm -hmm. offense because and his wide receivers can't make up for that like they have in the years past. And then also just those cornerbacks finally making plays. Um but I, I really haven't been able to watch too much of the Chiefs to say uh, exactly what is going on. That's kind of just my guess on Mahomes. Bigby, what, what are you thinking? Man, I don't know. I haven't barely watched Chiefs games, like you said. I'm just going to go with he's getting too cocky out there, trying to make too much out of something that's not there. And, you know, just trying too hard. Yeah, his sophomore slump was was just delayed a little bit, you know. Yeah, you could say that. My family, I have a lot of Chiefs fans on my side, on my uh, my dad's side of the family. So I get texts. I got a text the other day that it went, "Who broke our quarterback?" And I was like, "I don't think he's broken. I just think that you guys don't have anything offensively." And Joey, like you said, I think he's trying to make something out of nothing. Like he's just he's so fantastic. He is such an amazing athlete, but he is trying so hard to find something and there's nothing there and the defenses are finally capitalizing on it. Yeah. And also just on the chiefs or general manager, um, same I can't think of right now. It's not, you look at their past draft classes and uh, many, the kind of the perception around the NFL and really around draft time, he's the chiefs are kind of usually excused uh, from past draft mistakes. Uh People like to look at them as the pinnacle of NFL excellence these past few years or on the start to build in a dynasty, or at least that was the thought before this season. And they still have a lot of promise. But you look at their past draft classes, draft classes, and at the time those picks were made, uh, and now looking back at those a few years late, uh, later, they really haven't developed into much. Um, so the Packers, 
having being able to build this really at post Ted Thompson era, what Brian Gudikins has been able to do with these past few draft classes, you kind of see, I don't know if I would say the situation Aaron Rodgers was in uh, that's going on with Patrick Mahomes right now. Cause Patrick Mahomes, I believe his, his big half a billion dollar contract um, that was just signed this past year hasn't kicked in yet, but uh, their, their personnel is certainly lacking uh, from years past. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think it'll be very intriguing. I also think that they just totally reshuffled everybody on their offensive line and yeah. they don't have any like better. I mean, they don't have I, Adam I don't, Sinovich. I haven't, yeah. I haven't looked at their, that their offensive line personnel, but I remember hearing earlier that like they took a gamble on how they restructured everybody in their offensive line. It's not really paying off because obviously if Mahomes has nine interceptions, that means he's scrambling way yeah. more than he should be. Yeah. So we interesting to see uh, the Packers defensive line has been doing great. Uh, I expect Kenny Clark to eat all yeah. day long. Uh, surprisingly, the, they're coming off a really hot performance against Arizona. So uh, Dean Lowry, Kingsley, oh, I think he has a, a concussion, but Dean Lowry, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, I'm, I'm looking for them uh, turning their gas on uh, against Mahomes, making them, making them uncomfortable. Uh, I would 100% do that. I saw you. I saw you nodding, Big B. Big fan of Dean Lowry. Oh yeah, eight <laughs> oh, sacks coming. About to get eight sacks. Man's about eight, to go eight on sacks fire. This year? That is a bold prediction. I like that though. I uh, I, I think Rogers, he's talking about for the game. Yeah, oh, the game. For the game. You think eight yes. sacks for the game? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> that is even bolder. Ooh, I might say that. I might. I might. You know what? I might use that as a challenge or no challenge on uh, on Green Bay Nation, and I'll credit you with it. There we go. Right. I'll, I'll be watching. So there we go. Dude, yeah, he's he's a lucky duck that gets uh, Green Bay coverage up in the Upper Peninsula. But there we go. I I I deeply miss Big B's out of this world stat predictions because once Jamal Williams left, you know, bad day. Like. That I never really asked him for a specific stat player, uh, player stats, but now, now he's back with Dean Lowry, the Dean Lowry stat. But you should be asking, come on, Joey, let's let's step it up. Like you should be asking him every game. We we need these random stat predictions yeah. because we need to gauge where where the team is at. Like I, exactly. you know, on Green Bay Nation, we predicted two straight interceptions two weeks in a row. It was beautiful. Okay. So, so Big B, I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, how many snaps do you think Tyler Davis will get this week? Um, all the snaps. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's exactly the answer I was looking for there. I like it. I like okay. Let's uh, hit into – maybe we'll, we'll see if we have time to talk trash about the rest of the NFC North. Um, but I wanted to do some in- mid-season awards. These are always some of my favorite pointless things to do. But it's always an exciting thing. <laughs> Uh, let's start off with MVP and I want to make a rule here. Cannot say Aaron Rodgers, just so we have some variation. Um, big B, what are you thinking? Who is the Packers team MVP through eight games here? Ooh, I'm going to say Devondre Campbell. Cause why not? The man's playing, playing on fire the entire year. Best free agent signing this entire off season. Just a great addition to the defense, great leader and everything. He deserves that MVP. I like it. Joey? Man, it's, it's hard not to say Campbell. 
Um, I, I guess I'll, I'll go with Aaron Jones um, just because how he's performing early on in the season when they were going to him a lot, it was really exciting to see. And I hope through the, this uh, second half of the season, we see a lot of him and uh, A.J. Dillon doing a lot. Mine is Adam Stenovich. Uh, and <laughs> I, I, I was going to that. Okay, so I say that because we've, like, last year you looked at how amazing that offensive line was, like right? Like, Rodgers was barely sacked, except for those two games against the Bucs. Um, and, and it was really, like, the, the foundation of how good that offense is. And what Stenovich has been able to do with two rookies, and then you have Elton Jenkins get injured. You have your practice squad guy get pulled up and play that fantastically. Um, to me, that's the like that is part of the success is the fact that that offensive line has maybe bent a little bit. You saw it bend a little bit um, in the Washington game and and a little bit in Cincinnati, but it hasn't broken. It's never fallen apart so much that Rodgers can't stay in the pocket and be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's, that's the, that's my MVP is just what he's been able to manufacture with all the different personnel groupings. I mean, to be honest, it, I, that man could probably throw me out there at offensive line. And I feel like I could hold up for like four or five snaps. That would be literally abysmal. No one ever would need to see that at all, but that's just, he instills that confidence with everybody in that position group that if you're there, you're going to play to the level of standard that the green Bay Packers have for an offensive lineman. And it's not going to be anything less than the perfection that they ask for. Yeah. I, I think most of us would probably look like uh, Chris Boswell uh, yesterday. If oh, we yeah. tried to take a, a snap on an offensive lineman, I don't, I don't Big me might hold up for a little bit though. He, what, what position do <laughs> you play in your peewee league? Uh, right tackle. Okay. So okay. he could probably do it. He could probably do it. Um, I didn't play football. I played lacrosse and I was a defender. Mm. So like I could maybe play corner. Maybe. Sure. I could probably hang out there for like a hot second and then be too tired and like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need a, a substitute right here. Yep. Okay. Uh, I, I like that choice of Adam Sinovich. Um, and all the things you mentioned there, offensive player of the year, uh, for me, I picked Aaron Jones for MVP, but offense player of the year for me has to be uh, Devontae Adams. Before uh, he went down with COVID this past week, uh, like and even now, the yards he is on pace for to end with this season is absolutely insane. Um, and it just seems like uh, he's finding ways to get open, even with double and triple teams. Um, so it's it's another exciting year to be uh to watch Devontae Adams and hopefully not the last year as Packer. Um but Big B, uh who's your offense player of the year? Well, I like to be different, but it's kind of hard not to say Devontae Adams here. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on a big spiel because you pretty much just gave a phenomenal speech on Devontae. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna also have to go with Devontae. I mean it's absurd that he's like one of the top receivers in the league and the only like category that he's not leading in is touchdowns. Yeah. Because if you look at the rest of his numbers, like he should have like 15 by now. But um, I just think that despite, so despite not having the touchdowns, but like still the yards. Uh, yeah. Devontae Adams is, is offensive player of, of the year for me so far. Um, but the fact that they were able to win in the desert without him mm -hmm. 
when like he's they they basically been a one receiver team so far is is a testament that i mean if matt lafleur is not getting talked for coach of the year i don't know who else you're picking yeah i yeah, we'll we'll see the graphics, and we've already seen them start to come up, and it's already getting snubbed. But luckily, Bleacher Report and Twitter isn't quoting on Coach of the Year. There you go. The good thing Bleacher Report isn't deciding anything about the NFL. You know? <laughs> uh, moving on, Defensive Player of the Year, Big V. I'm sure your answer for MVP, Devondre Campbell, uh, is most of our answers because Jair Alexander, Sedarius Smith have been out for an extended period of time now. Um, but for me, I guess I, I will, I'll go with uh, Kenny Clark here. And um, he's been killing it. And, we, you know, there's been a few years in the past, uh, even when we know what he's capable, capable of on that defensive line, where he kind of starts out slow, doesn't get things going really until week four or five. But he came out right out against Gate. Uh, well, maybe not against New Orleans, but uh, against Detroit, and he's been doing a great job ever since then. Big B, uh, who's your defense player of the year, or, or of the uh, eight weeks? What? Who's your defense player uh, through eight weeks? Oh, through eight weeks. Um, well, it was close between Dean Lowry and Kenny Clark because you know Dean Lowry, absolute <laughs> monster. But I'm gonna go with Kenny Clark. Uh, I feel like. There's a couple games this year where if I feel like every time a defense did something good, Kenny Clark was involved in that play yep. somehow. He's just been wrecking some offenses this year, and I just love to see it. I would have to agree, um, and I think it's a tie for me between Devondre Campbell and Kenny Clark. But Kenny Clark, as you said, Joey, has had the fastest start to any of his seasons. Um, and when he went down, I believe it was against Washington? Right. He left left for a minute with an ankle injury. I think so. I think so. Um, whatever game that was, when when he left, LaFleur was like, Man, when I saw him go down, I thought I was gonna throw up. <laughs> um, and and that just speaks to how good he's been playing and what what he means to that defense. He sets the standard of the line and if he's I mean he's been there every single week wrecking that pocket pushing that pocket making people scramble I mean yeah we all know Kyler Murray can can run but I felt like Kyler Murray never was able to really like sit back there at all because there was always some sort of pressure now as Big B said Dean Lowry that man's been been crushing it. He's been getting his yeah. big old paws up there, batting down some passes. Um, uh, my favorite is that Kenny says they call him the Rhino, um, which is hilarious. Uh, and but I think that the reason that Dean has been playing so well, I asked Rogers about this last week, is Kenny has been playing so well, and his level of play is feeding off into the rest of the linemen. So because Kenny's at this level, everyone else is like, Oh, I need to step it up. It's almost like that's what got David, like getting David Bakhtiari back in the practice field, almost elevated everyone else's level of play and level of practice. So because Kenny's had this wonderful start and this, you know, great uh, leadership, great attitude, you know, focusing uh, one of the best things that he said after the, um, the saints game is he goes, 
I can't stop, start worrying about trying to do too much because then I'm not going to play the game that I need to play. I can only focus on what I'm supposed to do and what my job is. And if I focus on that and do it really, really well, then everything else is going to fall into place. And that's so interesting because you would think, oh, I need to start doing, no, no, focus on your job, do it right, do it well. And everyone else will elevate their level of play and look at what he's done with that defensive line people want to talk about how the Packers defense is usually not something to, you know, talk about. Well, ESPN has a graphic with the Packers defense is one of the scariest yep. defenses in the league. Yep. Excuse me. No one thought that coming into this year. No one especially thought that coming in after the saints game or with the struggles in the red zone. But now you look at how cohesive that team has started to become. They might be right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a fair argument to be made that, and the Packers defense has played better in games than the Packers offense, which is absolutely mind boggling. Uh, but especially considering some of the, the challenges they've had to deal with, like you mentioned, MK, and they got a brand new defense coordinator here in Joe Barry. They have Zedaria Smith, their uh, Pro Bowl pass rusher, out for the year. Uh, Jerry Alexander out for the year. Potentially Kevin. out for the year. He's oh, back in right. Green Bay. They don't know whether or not, like, I'm not, I'm not ruling. Well, Floor said today, they're not ruling anything out with that man. That man is back in the building, feeling like a new human being, according to his Twitter. So uh, I don't know. The sky's yeah, the limit yeah. with whether or not he comes back or not. I don't know about Ja. I mean, it, they, they need, they need him back on the field. Sure. They've done well without him, but they're they're about to hit a stretch where they're about to hit a bunch of quarterbacks that like to that can throw yep. the deep ball. They have not really faced a truly tough quarterback yet. They kind of had that with Kyler Murray, but short weeks are hard on 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 home and away teams. So this is going to be interesting how they how much Mahomes is going to exploit them at corner. For sure, and yeah, so that corner position as a whole, kind of uh, driving off our. Uh, uh, war topic here, but uh, Kevin Keen, Jair Alexander, I've both been dealing with injuries for these past few weeks, and yeah, they, they got some challenging quarterbacks coming up uh, and talented wide receiver scores, uh, but through these past few weeks with Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, guy who was signed just last month by the Packers to just step in there, they've been doing a really phenomenal job holding it down, uh, and then hopefully this this up later in this week here there should be a lot just the Packers should get absolutely loaded with players returning uh, to the game so that that will be really exciting to see um, and, and oh yeah bringing back all together Packers defense has been uh, playing unexpectedly really good uh, so a little. You know, we could do special teams player of the year, and we all, but we all know that would be Corey Bohorquez, who's the greatest punter in the NFL right now, just booting it out of his mind. It's fun to watch. Um, I can't really think of any other oh, uh, midseason awards to give out. It's my light flickers. Um, but MK, Big B, any thoughts you want to add to Packers' performance so far or this uh, upcoming game against the Chiefs? Big, you go first. Um, well, it's not about the Chiefs game or previous, but I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite Jamal Williams memory story? I don't think I asked you this our first time, but I wanted yeah. to. 
Jamal Williams. I, hold on. I hate to interrupt, but I, I don't know if anything can ever, any Jamal Williams story will ever live up to Wes Hackwitz, uh one that he told us. But No, well. probably not. Probably not. Uh, my favorite Jamal was all of my Jamal interactions were sadly over Zoom. And so, um, but it was, it would be, he would come on the zoom and he would be wearing that mask that looked like a clown's face. And so you'd be sitting there and like, some of them would take it off and he wouldn't. And so you'd have to like run a soundbite later with like half of his face (sighs) and like a creepy clown. And he's talking about anime or about being SpongeBob. Or he was telling us about Frozen the other day. And I was just sitting there and I was like, man, I so wish that I had gotten to meet you in person because you just feel and sound like such a genuine human being. Um, but that would that was my favorite memory is like you knew the minute that Jamal was at the podium that it, it didn't matter what you asked him, you were going to get something nuts. Yeah. Uh, but Wes probably has way better, way better stories uh, than I do because he had time with him in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So I, I, you haven't, uh, this is your first year now. Second, um, second season. Second okay, season. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. But first year being, being able to be in an NFL media auditorium as a, yeah. a beat reporter. So that's, that's, uh, that's great. And, you know, last year we asked you, um, where right at the top, what kind of like your impressions of Green Bay so far? And really, uh, you didn't get that full experience because of COVID, no fans at all, all of your interviews over Zoom. So what's your kind of uh, now impression, full Lambeau field back uh, of the city of Green Bay? It is one of the coolest sporting events that I have ever been to. Um, I've been to a lot of different stadiums. I've been to a lot of different um uh, games, you know, college, NFL, MLB, and NHL. Um, I've been to a World Series game at, at Bush Stadium. Um, mm. I've, I've done, you know, NHL hockey with the Blues. And there is literally nothing like a packed Lambeau field and hearing them scream, go, pack, go. And what I didn't realize in all of these away games now, there's literally never really a road game for Packers because almost like half of the fans in any given stadium are Packers fans. The reason that AJ Green couldn't hear that check is because the Packers fans were so loud in Arizona. That's why he's going one way and Rizul's like, okay, they're throwing the ball to me, whatever. Like he couldn't hear the check. And so that's what I find to be phenomenal is that Packers fans are so proud and passionate and like obsessed with their team. Like, I love that. I love obsessed fan bases. Like Cardinals fans are obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still salty about the walk-off homer against the giants. I'm still irritated. It's, but that's what I've loved most is getting to see the tailgating and everyone being so excited about being at Lambeau. Um, My boyfriend got to go to the Steelers game and he was like so amazed at all of the tailgating and, and whatnot. And it's just been really, really cool to, um, to experience that. My parents are coming for the, for the bears game. 
Oh, um, wow. Look at that. Yeah. They got tickets for the bears game. So they're excited for that. I'm excited for them to see that. My mom's like praying for like a snow game. She wants it to be, yeah. she's like, I'm going to go to a game at Lambeau. I want it to be like negative 12. Exactly. And knowing she's like, Me. I'm not like, I want, I want that winter, like the Tennessee game. Like she wants yes. that winter snow. That's what she wants. And so I was like, well, December 12th, you might have that. Although yeah. I don't know. It's been a really warm winter so far and weird fall. So who knows? Um, but that's what I've loved so much. And I would love, you know, maybe at some you know point in my future, I'd love to be able to come back and like go to a game at Lambeau as a fan. Because mm. covering it is is cool. But I bet like I'm in the press box. So I can't like I've got glass yeah. in front of me. I can't really hear. I, I, I guarantee you like being in the stands and hearing like that go pack go cheer would just be out of this world yeah me and big b are also going to that december 12th game against oh yeah so there you go i can uh, i'm with your mom there like it might be miserable uh like all before the game when you don't have that adrenaline but um i i completely agree i want it to be negative 10 degrees i want to be five inches of snow on the ground and I just want it to be a classic Packers-Bears game just so I can say that I've been to a, a Packers game outside of 2017 of the Brett Hundley era. Yeah, I mean, because that's what you think of, right, when yeah. you think of Packers-Bears. Or now you think of Aaron Rodgers owning them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to get going. Uh, but that was a, a super fun chat. Uh, MK, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys. I enjoy it all the time. You guys have a wonderful week. Yes, uh, hopefully uh, that time when uh, that time comes in December when we're up there, uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. And uh, yeah, shoot me a shoot me a message on on Twitter and uh, yeah. let me know what you guys are doing, and we'll we'll find time to to meet up. That that will be tons of fun. We'll we'll, we'll go uh, on the 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 title town sledding hill. There we go. Yes, that would be honestly. If you guys just wanted to do that, I would film that for your Twitter just <laughs> just to do that. Just just to do it. That would be amazing. I you know because you, you can sometimes see. I don't know if he does it now with COVID, but before Mark Murphy would just walk throughout the Lambeau Field atrium. So like, I I can't remember if he had security or anything. But you would the little. I was literally walking down the stairs. And then there, here's Mark Murphy coming down the escalator. So I, I hope he just walks throughout his utopia of Town, just in a suit coat. That would be absolutely amazing. He did do that. The one time I was there, he was just randomly walking around. And I was uh, looking at the sledding hill because somebody was coming down. Mark Murphy just standing right behind me watching it. It was, it was fun. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I don't see Murphy walking around as much, but when I'm going to interview, sometimes I'll see Goody. Mm. Well, super fun. Uh, make sure you follow MK on uh, Twitter uh, for her Twitter, her Twitter things. Uh, Twitter things, yes. Yeah, for everything, uh, for everything Packers, and then occasionally angry tweets about the Florida Gators, but they suck right mm. now. So okay, mostly angry. Yeah, tune in for that. Uh, follow, follow us on Underage Packers on all the social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll see you later. Go back, y'all. Go.